Uh, so what should we name the podcast? Um, I would prefer not to name it Nerd Rage. Uh, let, let's just think up names. Uh, uh, Rage Fest. Uh, bah, bah. Rage uh, Squared. Otaku versus Fanboy. Um, no, because I hate the word otaku and I hate the word fanboy. Uh, come up with names. Don't, don't have me just coming up with names all by myself. No, I'm thinking of one. See, I'm the type of person I'll come up with like three or four of them, but they'll be good. And we could name it Anime Pulse. <laughs> We keep our fingers on the pulse of anime because we're angry. Arkham Asylum. <laughs> uh, hmm. That's kind of good. I like that. The Arkham Asylum podcast where we put two of our inmates, we give them a topic, and they just go at each other's throats. I like that, but the thing is, that kind of Batman-related... Now, what we could go to and go and we'll like make up like something it is like Otaku Asylum or or Anime Asylum. So it's uh, Anime Asylum, and yeah. we're arguing. All right, punch it. <laughs> And you are going to enjoy it. I am your host today, Josh Dunham, and with me, and with me, is, is his co-host Thomas Primetime Mattis. You have hopefully heard me on numerous podcasts: the Spectacular Webs Podcast, the Tokyo SOS Podcast, Xcast, Thomas's Prerogative on the Shaft Podcasting Network, and Capes and Feathers. Which we're recording tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a plug before the show even comes out. And I will and be course, plugging the shows at the end of the show, too. Hey, I'm going to do the same thing, bro. So before <laughs> we get going, I mean, you can find me on the Animation Podcast and uh, on Anime 3000 Producing Videos and on the Anime 3000 Bonus Round and on the SSAE Podcast and on practically any other podcast you can name. I've been on there, <laughs> except for the popular ones. <laughs> Which is funny because I'll actually be uh, Sean Rodriguez. Uh, I think it's Sean. Uh, I mean, it could be Sean Russell from uh, Anime Three Thousand. Will be helping me out on my uh, Metrocon panels next weekend. Actually, oh, my uh, my uh, my Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand style panel, to be exact. Where we'll be uh, making fun of uh, Street Fighter to the animated movie. <laughs> There's so much to make fun of with that movie. Oh, there's going to be a lot of parodies of it's over 9,000. <laughs> you know, that's kind of overused, by the way. It is, but 
I'm sorry when when you have the cyborgs and they have the green lit screen and they're showing numbers. It's the only joke you can make. <sighs> okay, whatever. Anyway, the topic for today is Gurren Lagann, the popular Gainax anime that came out, what, back in 08, 07? 08. Yeah, it's... Um, this everyone loves... Well, it's, most people love it. Most of them. And you have me, who I love it, and then you have Thomas, who didn't. I, I thoroughly disgust it. I, I think it's one of the wor- worst animes of the past decade. Well, what would you describe along the lines of being bad? Just curious. I mean, uh, like, what's your, what's your taste? Uh, I, I think Code Geass. I, I think anything that doesn't have a plot. <laughs> um, Actually, I, I, I disagree with you. Like, Code that was Code Geass's problem. Is it had a little too much plot? But go ahead. Uh, I try to think um, a lot of the shows now, uh, I mean, those are really the two to stand out. I can't think of any off the top of my head, unfortunately, because we really didn't prepare for this podcast. <laughs> As you can tell, yeah. Yeah. But don't let them know that. Shh. Um, so I have I to ask like though. we would have prepared anyways. <laughs> <laughs> How do you prepare for a fight? I mean, you wear armor and a sword. That's about it. Yeah. But you're gonna ask me? I was gonna ask you, yeah. What, have you seen any Mecha at all? Yeah, I'm a big Mecha fan. I sort of well, got. If you say Gundam, I I will jump through this computer screen and strangle you. <laughs> why have you not seen it, or is that your I, way of saying you have seen it? I have seen Gundam, and, and Gundam's had some of the best plots in anime. Which which Gundam series though? Uh, Gundam Wing, uh, Gundam. Oh Double, Lord. Gundam Double O. Uh, Gundam Seed. Uh, I have enjoyed most. I mean, the problem with Mobile Suit Gundam, I mean, on its own, it's fine, but uh, that all the first Gundam series, you know, from the original Mobile Suit Gundam up to, uh, I believe it was, I can't, I can't remember the name of the title, but it was the one in Night. It was not the one right before G Gundam, where it was still part of that original timeline. Because of, like, all the different series that came out that are, like, in different places. It's kind of a clusterfuck uh, to know where to start and follow the storyline. Actually, it's not that hard. You just do what most people do, and you start with the original series. Um, but that's, that's my the... but that's my point is you have you have to go through all these series, and so you have to start with the original, and then and then technically, yeah, then you go to Eighth Mobile Suit Team, which happens during the series, and then you have Double O Eighty Pocket War, which happened between then and uh, eighty three Stardust Memories and eighty. And then Stardust Memories, and then Zeta Double Z, and you have to buy all these series to follow it. And while it may be easier these days to be able to get a hold of it, if you want to do it to an extent legitly by buying the titles, it's a lot of money to spend just to follow the entire storyline. Actually, it's not, because see, here in America, most of UC Gundam is not licensed. (laughs) So you don't have to pay very much to watch UC Gundam. Well, Stardust Memories... Double uh, eighty yeah. pocket war eighth mobile suit team the original yeah but you're naming o- you're naming OVAs so, mobile I mean, suit how, Gundam how... is licensed Zeta and Double Zeta are licensed Double they... Zeta is not licensed De- Double Zeta is not licensed Zeta was not licensed the movies were licensed just recently okay I, 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 we'll, we'll we'll solve this real quickly I'm at Anime Nation Gundam Gundam <laughs> I'm 100% sure Double Zeta was not licensed. And the Zeta Gundams, as far as I'm aware, are yep. only... Gundam movie. Zeta, Collection 1, Anime Legends. Oh, that's right. Okay, yes, you're... Hun- yes, sorry. Okay, I'm wrong. But it was licensed. It's just been so long ago, it's not even funny. Uh, Gundam Zeta uh, DVD Complete Collection 2... Uh, when was... When did that come out? Uh, uh, I don't... No, it didn't say. I mean, G- Gundam F ninety one movie is licensed, and there's. I mean, I'm looking on Anime Nation, uh, Pocket War, uh, the Zeta movie collection. Maybe Double Zeta hasn't. Well, here's an easy way: we can go to Wikipedia, which is like a drunk. Double Zeta, Double Zeta has not been licensed. Okay, then. Yeah, don't, I mean... then so we're half right, each of us. 
Well, well, actually, my, my point still holds through. You've got only two series of UC Gundam, which is licensed. And then it's all the little OVAs and movies and stuff. And, you know, to be honest, I, your, your thing of saying, like, it's hard to watch UC Gundam without watching, like, these big, long series is, is 100% true. But then on the flip side, it'd be like saying, um, trying to, well, it's like trying to read or watch a Gona Guy work without watching or reading the rest of the stuff. It, it all kind of comes together. You know oh. what I mean? Gona Guy. The guy who invented Majinger, helped invent Getter Robo, Devilman, I, Cutie I'll, Honey. Okay, I, I've heard of those, but it just, I've seen Cutie Honey. Uh, but, um, oh, I hate Cutie Honey. But unfortunately, I've actually have not got a chance to see Mocking or Be- a Better Robo. Yeah, get ro- get excuse me. Yeah, I understand. I, I'm a poor man, and I, I try to wa- watch Majora myself legitimately, so I watch the Hulu uh, Crunchyroll. Uh, well, good luck I... trying to find Machinger and Getter because they are not licensed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, uh, if you want, if I suggest you go to a very good scanlation site and read the original manga, those are those are pretty good. But, move, but I think we've moved away from our topic. <laughs> Actually, we've moved closer because with Gurren Lagann, it, it is, is a, mecha. a mech show. It is a mech show, and actually, I was going to bring up all those well, robot shows I, I just mentioned. I, I don't know if we can call it a mech. I'd call it giant robot, but I wouldn't call it a mech. There is a difference. Gundam and Robotech are mech. Uh, things like uh, Mackin and uh, Gogander and... Uh, um, I'm trying to think of the uh, the, the, uh, the other show themes like on and the tip of my head, but I can't. Code Geass. Well, Code uh, Geass would be Panic. Mecha. Full Metal Panic. Code Geass would be Mech. Yeah, what you're doing is you're describing. See, all of those are Mecha, but what you're doing is you're separating real robot and super robot. That's what you're doing. Because everything you described as being Mecha, that's real robot. Majinger, Getter Robot. Although, uh, I mean, even some of Gundam is super robot. It's it's giant. It's that one singular super powered robot, as opposed to something like Robotech, which, yeah, technically they're robots, but you know, it's like there's Mecha. I, I, there's a military. A- I mean, there's not there aren't military aspects in uh, giant robots, but in a sense, that sort of thing where there is sort of a match being made. But we're again. Well, yeah, but dude, like, you just declared Gundam being a mecha show, but you got to remember, like, the majority of Gundam shows, the good ones, there's only, like, a handful of Gundams at most. Just saying, you know. <laughs> and and G Gundam, you know, that can also be classified as Super Robot. Well, I'm just saying, look, what you're doing isn't making sense. It's you're, you're, But there you're are many di- Super Robot. Real robots robot. of the same type, you know. It, it's not that... Burning Gun that Domo and his Burning and Shining Gundam were so much more powerful necessarily as they were better martial artists. Yes, but you got to remember the difference between real robot and super robot is real robot. It doesn't matter how much martial arts you know or how fiery your spirit is. You're still only as good as the machine and your skills. That's the difference. Real, you know, real robot. It's it's realistic. It's run off by machines. Super robot. It's run off by your fiery spirit, and because your fiery spirit can make the machine run better. Mm. That's that's the difference. I mean, they're both mecha, but anyway, uh, they're both Gurren... part of the same type of genre. Yes, exactly. And they're just sub genre picks. That, I mean, let's. I, I think we can agree is that they're both part of the same genre, but they're sort of mecha and super robot are are sub genres of it. Well, no, what we, I'm agreeing with you that they're, sub, they're subgenres, but the, I'm just saying your naming is off. They're all mecha. It's super robot and real robot. Right. But um, like like Gurren Lagann, that's definitely super robot. And by you know, and the thing is, like you you said you didn't like Gurren Lagann. I like Gurren Lagann, and I like Gurren Lagann because I like super robot and I like real robot, and I can see. Because, like, Gurren Lagann, to be honest, is like Indiana Jones, okay? Indiana Jones is nothing but a bunch of rip-offs with its own storyline. That's exactly what Gurren Lagann is. It's a bunch of rip-offs with its own storyline. D- done. End of story. But here's the problem. There was actually a plot to make sense of 
with Indiana Jones. There is no plot to make sense of with Gurren Lagann. And so that what part? Go ahead. Well, and that's my problem is that when you, I mean, yes. Oh, sorry, as my mic and headphones sort of flipped because I got caught on my shorts. But uh, uh, <laughs> that's real no. angriness for you. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I, I wear the headset, so you had that little clip thing, like that, that has like the volume and it got caught on my shorts and everything. But no, my point is, and part of it is I felt lied to because the first six episodes, like you think that, yeah, kind of like Indiana Jones, yeah, it's a giant robot that has a, a very straightforward action adventure, and then after that, you just get a clusterfuck of you know plot points thrown left and right that never fill out. Uh, uh, like what? Like what didn't fill out? Like, the conversation that was supposed to happen between Simone and uh, Yoko about him admitting to being responsible for um, communist death. That that conversation was kind of moot because seeing how uh, Simone wasn't necessarily – okay. You remember the – well, we've already spoiled it. So anyway, spoilers, guys. If if you remember, okay, Kamina dies, right? Yes. Simone wasn't directly responsible. It was Yoko's fault. Fa- Yoko Doom bitch. Okay. Oh and, and fuck you! <laughs> you have our Wait a second. I'm sorry. You- no, I'm sorry. She did not do it. That is both. That is something created by the fans to sit there and say, "Oh, she has the kiss of death." No, I'm sorry. Fuck you. Simone was because Kamina. The only reason Kamina was there, where he got. Spirit of the heart was because he was trying to help Simone, who couldn't focus because he saw Yoko and Kamina kissing. Well, maybe it was Kamina's own fault because he should know better than try and steal your best friend's woman before a battle. Sorry, I would agree say- with that. I w- <laughs> thank you. Maybe that's something we can agree on that Yoko should have been Simone's girl. But of course, heaven forbid, we have a smart, intelligent. Wait a wo- second. Wait a second. I didn't say Yoko should be Simon Simone's girl. I'm just saying, like. Uh, Kamina should have made his move a, a little bit later, but seeing how it was battle, he could have died. I mean, I would have tried and get some too. So I'm just saying. <sighs> Which, it, but I mean, the thing, the thing is, like with Yoko being the the kiss of death. I mean, how do you explain um, not Kamina, Kitan? How do you explain Kitan? But I'm I mean, saying it, it's something to fit because two times, and then fans said that, and then they run with it because, of course, we have to make uh, the the woman that started out as a smart, independent female that was a great character and we have to tear her down and make her nothing but fucking fan service by putting her in a whore outfit or I mean space outfit and having her have the kiss of death so we can prop up Nina um actually just so you know that's she was fan service from the very beginning just saying I'm not saying that I'm, she didn't have fan service from the beginning but no no that's uh, all she was in the beginning she was okay, never in no, no I will argue this point because no he, here's the deal when, because Simone asks her about her outfit, she stands there confidently and says, you want to know what? I feel comfortable and it helps me fight better. Because if, it anything, that makes her a str- if anything, that makes her stronger fe- uh, a female because now she's like, it doesn't matter what you say. I'm going to wear what but I'm going to wear. that's my point. She was. She was a strong, independent female character. She wasn't self-conscious about herself. She didn't care if anybody thought she looked slutty. You know, it helped. It gave her freedom of movement and batter and she felt comfortable in it. You then go to the Episode. Wait a second, it, it, you just said it didn't matter what she looked like. She didn't care what she looked like. That's just admitting she's fan service from the very beginning. How does <laughs> she, that make her fan service? But did, how you not we... see, did you not see the scenes with Buta? Where did I Buta hide? I'm not saying there wasn't fan service, but I'm saying, how does that not make her a strong, independent female character by her saying, look, help me battle, give me freedom, freedom of movement, and honestly, if anybody has a problem with it, they can go fuck off. Or... or jump on top of me um so would you call nina a strong character then no i'd call her a completely weak character that had no reason other than trying to oh i'm the innocent moe girl that's going to bring in the moe fanboys and please the the little tweener fangirls that want a weak horrible non uh but um non-interesting female lead that they can uh, connect to because we're all not interesting and can't get a guy. <laughs> we want to imagine that a guy will actually be interested in a non-interested, flat-chested, ugly girl. Okay, first off, she's not ugly. She's cute. And that is like the only Moe chick I will say is cute. 
Okay? And that's saying something, because I bloody and, and that, hate... And that's the only reason... I mean, they go, oh, she's so cute. I don't... I, she, God, I want to fucking pop a cap in her ass! And she has head. flower. She has flowers for eyes. How can you say she's not cute? I I'm not saying she's not cute. She is cute, and that's exactly why I fucking hate her. So you're mad at other people for being good looking? Yeah, we'll agree. <laughs> so I thought the whole point people, of this podcast was not to agree. <laughs> well, well, no, we'll agree in some parts, uh, but you know my and uh, uh, but it, it's like. You know, and again, and that's part of my problem is you had this great female lead, and then she gets, oh, we just want to clusterfuck the series and do whatever the fuck we want, so we're going to make Nina now the female lead, and an effort to prop her up as a, you know, the honest female lead. We're just going to slutify uh, Yoko, I, I, and just to have her make those. I mean, again, I was going to the beach episode. She wears the, the bikini outfit, as we, we talked about. But then she goes to the beach, and she literally has on a bathing suit that, if it wasn't for the, the boots and the gloves that she wears, would actually cover up more skin than her actual outfit, <laughs> and now she's self-confident, self-conscious self, uh, about what she looks like. It makes no fucking sense. Um, actually... No, it doesn't! It makes no fucking sense! Well, what about the episode where they all go to that, um... Uh, that what, what was it? That the hotel there. I mean, come on! You, you're trying to tell me that that's uh, makes less of a sell than you, I mean, it just de- demolishes your point about the beach episode. Like that's bull. Just saying. How does it demolish my point? Because I'm saying like, oh my goodness, now she's going to the beach and blah blah blah. And now she's not a strong character anymore. Well, bull crap. What do you think happened in the hotel episode? Crying out loud. She's not. She's never been a strong character. She's there for fan service. They draw in all the otaku bait. I didn't say that she didn't have fan service about her. What I'm saying is that there's a difference between fan service that makes sense and fan service that doesn't. It did make sense. Just like you said for the Moe, the, the Moe fans there with, um, with Nina. I mean, if you think about it nowadays, shows have to have something to draw people in. That's what movies uh, do. Okay, I'll draw no something one... else to make sense of this for you. Wonder Woman has what a lot of people would consider a very skimpy outfit. That has that shows a lot of cleavage, and a lot of people can consider that fan service. At the same time, the outfit represents how strong a character she is. That her greatest weak, that her greatest strength is her greatest weakness, and how vulnerable she is because of how less clothing she wears, which makes her a stronger female character. It's similar here in this, in this character, and that is also her biggest vulnerability. And then it's not because they don't focus on or her being a leader or anything. The first six episodes, she's very much a leader of the group. She's very strong-willing. She uses her intelligence. She's smart. You know, there's things to attract you oh, to yeah. her Oh, yeah. Wonder, so, Wonder Woman's so smart. She has an invisible jet. How do you, how do you park that thing? Just saying. That's, that's intelligence right there. Yeah, they, they retconned that away. Yeah, they did. Because it wasn't <laughs> smart. Not everything that gets into... But we're, that's a topic for another because that's American comics... No, I'm just saying, like you say, oh, her costume was genius because it showed how strong she was, but it was also her greatest weakness. Yeah, well, that costume was also invented at the same time as an invisible jet, so your argument is moot. <laughs> no, she never had an invisible jet in the original comic. No, she didn't, but I'm just saying, like, she at the same time she had the, com- uh, the, the, the costume, she had an invisible jet. But the, no, the costume's been there from the beginning. And just so you know, that she's also, she's also known karate. They took away powers and gave her gave her karate. Um, sorry, that doesn't make sense either. We're not talking about the bad part, but we're talking about in general now. I'm talking about in general. I'm yeah, just but, saying, like, okay, you haven't read? Have you read the relaunches, uh, like in the late '80s, early '90s? I don't or, read bad comics. Uh, well, my point is that, and then you have her be such an intro, and it goes back to confidence. She she's not being a leader. She's not smart. She's not all things in episode seven and onwards. And then And then she starts looking like Kelly Clarkson. Oh gosh. But then you get to episode like I think twenty two, twenty-three, where you have her twenty two where she comes at the end, she breaks Simone out of prison, and she has that awesome outfit where she's in the outfit and she has uh the trench coat on and she has just that badass, like I always knew you were a little bitch. 
I'm like, oh my god, there's still hope for this character. And then you have that great episode where it shows you what she's been doing for the past year, being a teacher. Where again, it shows you her smarts. It shows you things other than, oh, she's just a pair of boobs. It shows you the character, and you're like, oh, there may be hope for this character left. And then they slip her into the goddamn space fucking outfit. And... <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not a space outfit, that's a $2 whore outfit. And they give her the kiss of fucking death, and do... Oh! Um, so, what you're telling me is that she was... Into, so, the whole time, she was a secret high school teacher, or, or elementary school teacher on the side, we just didn't know. And the costume that she's wearing uh, at the end of the series was, was more skimpy than the one at the beginning of the series? No. The only difference was the size of the fun bags that's the only difference it was was more skimpy than the one at the beginning no dude not by much i mean just look at uh, just just look at the character design the character design changed it it did but you know that that outfit was more emphasized on fan service than the one at the beginning was um i i don't know about that i'm just saying like when you have a pig mole crawling around i'm just saying you know that that's 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 fan service at its best. I mean, we're not going to lie that... I mean, there can be characters that make sense that are... That's all I'm saying. There are characters that can make sense that, yes, they have fan service around them because they're beautiful at what, whatever type of character they are, but at the same time, be smart, engaging characters that people are interested in. You know, know if, anything, if anything, this just proves that Gurren Lagann is a good show because it takes Moe, fan service, and weak characters, like you said, and it's still successful. It must be a great show, then. How is it successful? And what, what genre is it successful? Because, because of the fanboys that will buy fucking anything Gannix craps out of their fucking ass? Um, as far as I remember it, Hidamari sketch didn't do that great. Or didn't do as great. So Oh, no. that was done by Gannix? Well g- g- god. Wait, no, not he- not Hidamari sketch, Hidamari kindergarten or something. Hidamari Yeah, the the the, the, the or Hanamaru kindergarten. Sorry. I bad. didn't know that was done by Gannix. Thank God. Maybe they finally learned maybe get because that came out after Grinlogan. So yeah, yes. they did <laughs> So maybe Gurren Lagann, they learned their lesson not to, to put their face in, in, in Gynax to actually do a story. Wait a second. So you, you're saying, like, oh my goodness, Nia, a Moe girl. They put her in there, and then you, but you're But what was fucking interesting about her? Other than uh, she was I, a Moe girl. I don't know. Maybe the fact that she was kind of hot during the second part, and she was also uh, going to die and knew it, and also in the movies, she pilots a mech, and also she was Kamina after Kamina was dead? I don't know. Some of that found I found interesting. I want to see Kamina after Kamina was dead! Because she was always telling shit... Okay. Before Kamina died, he said, okay, you you can believe in me, who believes in you, blah blah blah, all you want, but sooner or later, you are going to have to believe in yourself. And she started t- teaching him that. you got to believe in yourself. you got to have a little bit more faith in yourself sort of thing. She was freaking Kamina. She was giving the speeches of Kamina when Kamina was gone. She was give- Kamina was not a character. Kamina was a plot device to move Simone along. Nina is a character, but she, she also carried that plot device to move Simone along. And that is exactly my, my point and, and problem with it, is that that's all they are, are a plot device to move the character I'll have to feel emotion. It's not even the move one. Move this emotion at this certain time. They're never interesting characters on their own. They are interesting. Oh, so you're telling me Kamina's not interesting? Man, Hell yeah! Done. I fuck. He he is annoying. He's uninteresting. Everything's about being manly, and he's. You know what he's like? He's like that dumb jock in high school that you wish you could punch in the face. Except that he's smart. And he's not gets smart. The- he is so smart, man. How the fuck is he smart? Give me one um, smart thing he fucking did. Shoved Simon on top of his head. How the fuck is that smart? Because then they combine to create the mech of the whole entire series. That's not being smart. That's a coincidence. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, it's a, it's a coincidence. That's why the shit... to be how no. that smart? Okay. Because in the world of Gurren Lagann, manliness equals power. Oh, Kamina says, God, we must God, have manliness. manliness. Fuck you. 
Oh, okay. So you don't like Manless. Okay, well then you better not read anything by Gona Guy because Manless in there. I mean, Machine Z yeah, and it's and the crud. most sexist, oh, pig-headed. Oh, really? Yes. Well, if that's the, if man if manliness is sexist, then Moe is sexist. It is. So Moe is the female female fan base trying to get back at us manly men. Yep. <laughs> But no, no, but, any... Okay, in all serious, you know, my problem with it is that, you know, that's all you have to do to succeed is to be manly, manly, manly. Yeah, it's not your brains that Simone constantly used to win fights. Okay, okay, then name, name one mech series you like, please. Gundam Wing. Okay, so you're telling me that in Gundam Wing, being fired up and passionate didn't help you fight in that Gundam? In Gundam Wing, it was their intelligence that helped Yeah, because... Play. Because Duo was so smart. <laughs> Just saying. But he what? You know, it was, it's also built upon... Yeah, it was that he was smart. Because he also knew how his Gundam worked. Each Gundam pilot was trained on how each other's... How Gundams work. So yes, he was smart. And he knew what his strengths and his weaknesses of his Gundam was. Well, you know, he, exactly, he was that's about... That's the exact same thing Kamina was. He knew how his mech would work, so he no, knew he it, shoving he it on there. No, he knew how the machine worked until... They just no, he... were trying different things, and they landed on fucking each other, and they fucking combined. They didn't land. He purposely shoved him on there. Like, you are going to become my second head. And put him on top. And that works. Done. Period. End of story. He I had mean... no idea it was going to fucking work. Um, he improvised like a lot of great geniuses but that, that's, do. That, that, no, that, 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 that's not being smart. That, 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 that's just throwing fucking shit together. Okay, so you're telling me all, to work. all the battle plans, all the battle plans to take over, like, the Beastmen, that wasn't smart? I don't remember anybody in Gundam yeah, Wing devising what? a battle plan. In fact, Hero isn't smart enough to do his own battle plans. He's got to have someone else come up with them for him. So if anything, Kamin is smarter than Hero. I'm just going to disagree now because that statement makes no fucking sense. What so fucking ever? Yeah, and saying Gundam Wing is awesome makes sense. It is awesome. Ta- yeah, to fall asleep to. But well, we're not here to talk about Gundam Wing. We're here to talk about Corona Login. Let's move on oh, to the music. Goodness. The music for me was, um, I don't know, it, it kind of went both ways. There's like like the whole album was just row row fight the power which is fine i don't mind that song but you can only remix it so many times and tell and tell me oh it's a new song also the um, but everything else the music was actually pretty darn good it was okay i liked it there are gonna be times where we're going to uh, agree and i think this is one of them i did like the music i mean and again this goes reason why i Gurren Lagann upsets me so much because I had so much expectation and there were so many good things. I do like the character designs as we'll probably get to in a second. And I do love the music. I uh, I mean, I'll agree with you on Go-Go Fight the Power that there's only too much times and there should have been more. But I love the uh, opening theme. I mean, that's just a great opening theme. If you like that opening theme, you need to listen to Masaki Endo sing it. That will, like... Oh my goodness! It will make you shout manliness from the rooftops, okay. uh, dude. How can you? I don't understand. How can you watch mecha show? Well, never mind. You described to me all the. You're you're watching like shoujo mecha shows, the ones that haven't taken their blue pills. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that that ain't right. No, no. I'm sorry. That ain't. How, how is that not manly when Hiro Yui gets out of this fucking? And when they're saying. Well, give us your Gundam, or, or we'll blow up the colonies. He looks him straight in the eye and says, Mission accepted, and blows his fucking Gundam up. Okay, so you're saying, like, any Twitard blowing themselves up is just as heroic? So you're saying, okay, so an emo, an emo not pilot emo. blowing himself I'm up sorry. is I'm sorry, no, 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 no. Hero is not emo. He is a soldier. His whole thing is, I'm here for a job. I'm going to get my job done at any point or matter. He is not emo. The word emo is overused because of the fucking tweeners that have taken over the industry. Uh, you realize that Char Aznable was much the same way, but he was not as emo. 
just saying, Char Aznable, like, I am going to kill the Zarbi family, no matter what the cost. I will get my revenge, and I will bring justice to the colonies. Blah, yeah, blah, blah, because blah, blah, blah. he was a soldier. He didn't blow himself up, though. But here, but again, it also goes to that situation. Again, we're not here to talk about Gundam Wing. But in the situation, if you remember, he was surrounded. They were, the colonies were being held hostage. And Dr. J gave him a direct order saying, I surrender, but I will not give up the Gundams, which was a message. So you're saying, okay, if I blow up my, if I take orders from an old man and blow up my, uh, and blow up my machine, I'm manly. But I'm saying. And try to to kill myself in the process. That makes me manly. It's not to say it was the entire series. Everything he did, he was a soldier. It wasn't necessarily about being manly, but he was more of a, if anything, a manly role model than Kamiya because he did use his intelligence. It wasn't just about his passion. His passion wouldn't help him unless he also had the intelligence, unless his machine was up to stuff. See, but Hero is incapable of showing passion. That's what makes him Did you see the final episode? I quit halfway through to preserve my sanity. Okay, you need to watch the entire series and tell me that. Uh, I think I'll just watch uh, Endless Waltz and call it good. Because I like evil lollies. But but moving on to character designs, which I think may also be our, our final point. Cause I, I, think I, 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 I liked character designs. Again, so I, I don't like have to agree with you. I, I did like the character designs. You know, it, it, um, I, I think they would have been a whole lot better if they, they did the characters right, which we won't get into, but... Uh, why not? I mean, are you, you afraid you're going to lose the battle of good characters? Oh, sorry, but, never mind. I think, but I think we just already discussed characters and story as nasium. I mean, I think people are just going to get that. You, you think they fit, and I think they not. So <laughs> why continue? Dude, the characters... Because the characters were good? I'm just saying... I mean, I'm sorry when you have a chance to have a, a what could have been an iconic, strong, independent female character that could stand on her own. Okay. If you want a strong, independent female character, go watch Lupin the Third. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm talking about characters like, um, oh, why can't I re- fucking remember her name? My, my favorite, um, Sora Nagino from Kaleido Star. I'm talking about, by the end of the series, Rolina Peacecraft from Gundam Wing. I'm oh, talk- bullcrap. Rolina did not. She, Rolina had no character. Rolina had the greatest character development I've ever seen. She came to and I'm sorry. Yes, that is how a 15-year-old girl acts. They're supposed to be fucking annoying. So, she, so every 15-year-old girl yells the name of an emo boy? Oh, okay, I guess you got a point there. <laughs> Thank you. My point. Yeah, she crushed on Hero. Because that that's a lot of 15-year-old girls. And then she grew. And she became... And while she did have feelings for him, it was where she became more independent. And she became the leader of a nation. And apparently and the queen of the world. And helped move the world towards rejecting weapons. I mean, again, you'll have to watch the entire series. Because the last... Rejecting, rejecting weapons? Oh my goodness, this sounds like the Obama okay. administration. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach through the screen and choke you. <laughs> I really well, am. Guess... <laughs> oh, I love this podcast. <laughs> but no, no. Well, but no. The, the, the the point. Which ep- which episode of Gundam Wing did you not? Uh, did you end? What was the last one you watched? Was it twenty five? Like, like twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah, a lot. Uh, uh, I think you've seen up to her going up to the uh, Roma Fellow Foundation and telling them that the Gundams will come to rectify your mistakes. And that's really the start of it. What happens in the second half of the series where she reunites with the Gundam pilots because 25 and 26 is a, a uh, basically a recap, is the mid-season recap of all the... You know, actually, actually I'm going to cut you short because uh, I don't care. Um... <laughs> like, 
Relina is actually a weaker character than Yoko, and you want to know how I say that? Because most female characters are pushed into that box of, I can only do things with my words, while the men go out and fight. Bullcrap. Yoko was a stronger character than Relina because she actually went out and fought and actually did something. But again, something. you haven't seen the, the second episode. I did mean, the second, I mean not, not the second, but the, I mean, uh, the second half of the series. But I, I'll disagree on this because it is her work because she gains the trust. Rowena, in the second half of the season, because she fails to yield to Romafella, and and because of her, her strong sense of peace, it draws fighters who decide we're going to fight for the same kingdom. So she, just through her words, she draws people to fight for her. And that's what Kamina did. So Kamina must, must be a strong character too. No, Kamina d- just. Communists like, okay, our world is taken over. He became king of the world, man. Or he, he helped be, make Shimon uh, king of the world. So it's like, oh, come on, man. We'll get together and we'll fight these beast men and all that crap. And we'll kill the king of the world. And, and that's in what that they did. sense, yes. Actually, you're right. It is very similar. But the difference is Kamiya was saying pretty words when he didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. As opposed to Relina, who knew what the fuck she was talking about. I'm sorry, Kamina saying something about we're going to smash and beat them with our gu- gunmen. I think he kind of understood what I he mean, was saying. I mean, it was. No, his whole thing was based off his charm and his confidence. And yes, the, people are drawn to that. And that's what they were drawn through from the character. And yeah, and the, like I said, I'll say this. I love the first six episodes of Gurren Logan. Again, and again, that's why I hate it so much is that you had a great first six episodes, and then the rest of the show is just fucking crap. So what you're that telling makes... me is because Kamina died, you stopped liking the episode. Or you stopped well, no, liking it the just has... No, I'm saying that starting with episode 7, it didn't make any fucking sense. Because it they did killed... make sense. Because they killed Kamina, which was the mo- one of the... Which is actually pretty cliche, but I could have handled it if they had several... Like, they had... Because, again, they never pointed out what happened with... You know, because, again, Simone felt responsible for his death. And they never uh, covered that plot point. It just magically disappeared. As though he forgot that he was responsible for Kamina's death. See, the thing is, though, and I, I hated Emo Simon. See, I'll be fair here. Even though Hero Yui and Troa, Barton, and Wu Fei, and Cat to a certain Bobble extent... Winner and du- Duo. Catra. Duo is never emo. That's the only reason I, I care to, to mention Duo. Um, but because, you know, four out of the five guys in Gundam Wing were emo, I'll be honest, you know, Simon was pretty emo for half his, that little Kamina died recovery thing. So, but, but, I mean, I'll be fair. I mean, if he feels, I mean, you, you have to explain what happens. He, he, he feels bad because he killed Kamina, and then it's like, oh, that doesn't matter anymore, and he, there's no explanation to where those feelings of responsibility for that death went. Um. Okay. The whole death was extremely important in the show because with, if Kamina hadn't died, then people would still assume Kamina was the main character. Kamina needed to die because the story was about Simon. I mean, Gynex is really good at doing their deaths. I mean, look at the previous deaths. And one I want to point out in particular is two of them, actually. I just got done reviewing Gunbuster. And um, if anything, Gurren Lagann is better than some of the deaths they've done. Uh, the first one in Gunbuster, there's a guy named Smith. And he ends up dying like in the same episode you meet him, like half an episode later. You know, you meet him in the beginning, he dies halfway through the episode, and that's it. Uh, it wasn't very meaningful, but it, it it made a point, okay? And the other thing is um, Kaoru Nagasaki or something like that who died in Evangelion. He was only in there for one episode, but his death was was important to Shinji's character development. And the same thing goes for Simon. If, if Kamina hadn't died, which was completely meaningful, then one, Nia would be completely useless as a character besides another fan service bait and two um people would still assume like i said that kamina was a main character but the so, death of kamina was predictable too 
Um, I mean, for you, some people, for I some mean, people, it was. I personally didn't predict it, but I predicted it by the first episode. Like you know that mo- uh, we we watched and again, like I said, I liked the first six episodes. But when I first saw and I first saw the first episode on fan subs. I, I, I was at my anime club, and at the end, I'm like, I turned, I'm like, y'all know that motherfucker gonna die, like, halfway <laughs> through the season, right? I predicted that, and because it was an action-adventure. And, and, you know, I'll sit here and say this. I am a traditionalist. I, I, at least that's what I call myself, in the sense that I do like, you know, I don't care if it's a story that's been done before. I think what makes stories unique is not whether the story has been done before, because every story has been done before, but the characters... That make it unique. And the thing about it is that I predicted that, and typically in a story in the story that they were lead you to think that they were doing in the first six episodes, yeah, comedy would die. And it would actually sort of distance Simone and Yoko apart because you, again, at the time, Yoko was the main female lead, but through Things that would happen through the story of them realizing, and you know, it would lead to some discussion where Simone would admit that he's responsible for the death to Yoko, since he thought Yoko was his girlfriend, even though she was only deep inside, she was torn because she had feelings for him. And and these are typical that you'd see, but those never happened. You never had insight deep into the feeling of the characters. You never had like true character development you had ooh here's cliche character to provide plot point 22a to make character feel this emotion <laughs> dude you did, did were you hoping for like a second evangelion or something i just got to ask because like you're describing evangelion well no i'm not hoping for a second e- i mean i don't have any problem with evangelion but i don't but that was the whole thing like you like Gurren Lagann wasn't supposed to be some deep, meaningful. But I wasn't anime. expecting a deep. I was expecting, you know, a, a sort of made a traditional action adventure. But look at back at the old mecha shows. This Gurren Lagann was just a show that said, "Oh, remember all these older shows that you grew up watching?" But that's exactly yeah. my point. My point we're is, we're going to take these, we're going to remix them, toss some newer stuff in there, so that way you'll watch it, and then done. You'll have but, fun. And you'll watch it, and but, we'll make money. Everyone's happy. But here's my point. It starts out as an action-adventure. Then it wants to be a typical Gannix, oh, let's, let's just create a, a fuck clusterfuck of a plot, and then nobody does. And then by the end, oh, we want to be parody. It, the show never knew what the fuck it wanted to be, whether it wanted to be a parody, uh, a serious story, or whatever, throughout the series. What do you mean it didn't know what it wanted to be? Like, it was a parody in the beginning of the series. It was a parody at the end of the series. It was serious enough in the beginning. It was serious enough in the end. It knew what it wanted to do. It was a well-structured plot. It was never plot. a parody. It, it, they had a well-structured okay. plot in the first six episodes. But after that, then it turned into typical Gannick's, uh metaphorical. Everything had a, a metaphoric uh, uh, reason for happening and everything. And, ooh. Yeah, words. yeah, well. Uh, yeah, I, I can agree with that to a certain extent, but you got to remember half the medical me- metaphorical stuff that people look for is all made up right on the spot because they want to find it. Uh-huh. They they'll make it up themselves. But the thing is, like, look at episode. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with it if it was so. Five, if it was I obvious guess. that it was a parody at the beginning, if that was there, that's I probably what I'm about, never... that's what I'm about to point out to you is, is episode like four or five or six or something like that, where um they fight Viral for the first time. And the the scene we were mentioning, where where they shoved the login on top of the Gurren, that was an obvious parody of the Gatai scene from any other mecha show. You know, the robots combine. So what do they do? They force them. They they slam the robots together. Did it work? No, not at first because it was funny. But then they say, "Oh yeah, it'll work because I got fiery spirit," which was also making fun of them all the other robot shows because you were. You know, manly enough to make that machine run better than it possibly could, which is a complete bull. But the point is, it was making fun of those shows while at the same time integrating all those elements. So it was making fun of it at the same time as embracing it. So it wasn't like, it, so I'm like, when you say it's not a parody, yeah, it wasn't parody. That, that's that's exactly what it was. It, and it wanted to be a parody then. It was a parody of itself at the end. You know, I'm just saying. My only major complaint with the show, 
is at the very end when they have like three million different types of Gurren You've got like Gurren Lagann Moon, and you've got Gurren Lagann combining with the ship, the giant flying ship, and you've got Gurren Tengen Tapa, Gurren Lagann crap. You've got like five different modes, which are, well, like six or seven or something. It's just ridiculous. I can understand the whole kind of like evolution, you know, like, okay, you know, we're going through the show, so thus you need to make things bigger, better, and better. I understand that. But they pushed it too over the top at the very end for me to truly enjoy. But when they go back to the second movie and do that, they fixed it. It was awesome. So, okay, well, should uh, we make a uh, final point? Well, I guess my final point is that people who didn't like Gurren Lagann were probably looking for too much. Um, when the show first started, it was a mech show, one, and it was a silly mech show. Um, you basically have two types of mech shows. You have the ones where the robots, it's all serious. It's about like something war or or some horrible tragedy. I don't, I don't know. Like you, You've got Evangelion, which is a mech show, but it's all internal psyche character development placed in this futuristic sort of setting. And then you have Gundam, which is all about war and how bad that is. And then you have the funny, sh- or the less serious shows like Mazinger Z and Get a Robo and Gurren Lagann. And so I'm just saying, if you watched the first episode, there was a mech in there, and then there was funny in there. So I don't know what story you were expecting, but it couldn't have been serious enough to be like Gundam-wise. Also, my other point is, like I said, it's just paradising all that stuff from the very beginning when mech- mecha shows started. So, I mean, people don't watch a lot of Mecha, and that's the whole point. So, Gynex made a popular show that took all these older, less popular, less, or I should say less watched shows, and bang, presented them to you again. You know, that's, that's I, so I guess what I'm saying is, if you expected it to be serious, you were dumb. If you expected it to be anything less than what it was, you were also dumb. Well, on, on to my final point, you know, as I said earlier, it, it's... It's a thing of where it did present itself as serious. Whether people did, took it seriously or not, you know, it prevented, it, prevented itself to be a, a sort of, some people might say cliche, but I would call it a classic plot where there's a guy who, you know, he gets great, you know, it's sort of the great power, great responsibility type of thing that people might see with Spider-Man, you know, and, and that this character gains a great power and he sort of bleeds a revolution towards, uh, towards the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not overlords, but like uh, tyrannical uh, rulers who are dominating. Obviously, when we learn of it, the top world. And I was expecting to have a great, this great sort of about revolution with great character beats and great character development. Because that's what I felt, because in watching the first six episodes, that's what I felt we were getting. And then it goes into being something completely different, and then it's just a straight-up parody. And that, at the end of the day, that's my problem, is that you had this great potential to be a classic, serious story. Because, again, that's what I thought. Ooh, Gannix is going to do a serious story. Gannix is actually going to do a serious, non-metaphorical, non-parody plot. A lot of people Ooh, were... Wait, wait, but when... But when has Gynex ever done a serious plot that wasn't metaphorical? But they never have done that, and that's, that's my point. That's my point. Why were you expecting that? They've never done it. <laughs> because the first six episodes looked like it was serious, and that's my point. And then they went off to be metaphorical, and then they went off to being a parody. They never knew what the fuck they want. They had great potential with great character designs. They had great potential to make classic, iconic characters that are... That half of now are nothing used for nothing but fan service dojins, and, and the other half are, are made jokes about the, the cost of manliness. And it's like it had such great potential, and for me, for them to use it the way they did, it just proves to me that I can never trust Gannix to make a good show ever again. Ooh, well, have you know, good sir, that the Evangelion movies were still pretty good. But but they were but anyway, done by a different animation company. 
Okay, true, true. But still more or less say... I mean, I'll say this. I- I'll I'll still like Fully Cooley. I'll enjoy He's My Master. But any new stuff that comes out from Gannix, I know I can't expect anything. But just the typical whatever Jamaican weed-smoking plot they come up with. Well, I, I disagree because this new one that's coming out seems actually pretty good. Well, you I mean, haven't seen it yet, but... You mean the one that's set in Britain where Lace and Garter or whatever the fuck it's called? Um, I'm trying to remember. But anyway, yeah, the new one looks like it'll be... Moe! Yeah, that's my only drawback. But I have some faith because it's by the same director as Gurren Lagann, and he's also directed Dead Leaves, and he's also directed, like... Well, another very... show that didn't make sense to me. Dead Leaves? I mean, I got the basic plot, but it's like there's a lot of shit. Uh, I'll give it this. It's a parody from the beginning, and it's obvious. You, so you, you're telling me you didn't like Dead Leaves? I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Uh, okay. I guess I can give you that. Uh, I personally loved it, but whatever. So, I don't know. My anger seems to be tapped out now. Oh, but trust me, this is not just the tip of it. Wait till you see my uh, video at Metricon where I talk about Gurren Logan during my prerogative. <laughs> okay, so we'll look forward to that then. So do you want to pimp out your stuff first? Uh, sure. Uh, again, you can find me, Josh Dunham, on the Animation Podcast on Anime3000.com, producing videos. I just got a... I should have a couple articles up by now. Um, by the time this is done up and edited and all that, and I got um, Battle of the Coma video series. You should watch that. That's pretty good. And um, the bonus round podcast, I should be on that as well. So look out for those. Yeah, like I said, I have a couple. Uh, for those who do follow ADD, which is we're kind of hoping this may go towards. Uh, yeah, uh, I do Thomas's prerogative, which you can find at the uh, at www.animeshaft.com. I'm usually every Monday though. Kind of taking a break because I'm prepping for Metricon, but you know I have my segments that I have on there every Monday. Please check them out and leave comments. Uh, I do the Spectacular Webs podcast, which is a podcast I do with my friend Donna Mark, where we review every episode of the Spectacular Spider-Man animated series. Uh, where which which one was that? Was that the um, that's the one that, that came out? That's the one that came out about two years ago. Oh, okay, it's a new one. Uh, that sucked. Fuck you. That <laughs> 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 but, but the. Uh, this past month, we released episode 11, and our Greg Wiseman, who's the uh, one of the executive producers and writers of the show, that's about a two-hour interview, so strap yourselves in. And we we have uh, episode 12 in the bag recorded. Uh, there, You can find that at www.spectacularwebspodcast.podomatic.com. We usually also post episodes at the Spider-Man Crawl Space, which you can find at www.spidermancrawlspace.com. I have the Tokyo SOS, a Godzilla podcast, the only the second Godzilla podcast on the web, where me and my friend Jesse Garrett, we review every episode, uh, not every episode, but every Godzilla movie ever made, though we will be reviewing uh, the two cartoon series. Uh, we just moved to a new home, though we do still have episodes on pot- our Podomatic page. So the two places you can find that show are, uh, because we're now part of 132 Productions, www.tokyosos.132productions.com. That's our new site. We don't have the RSS feed, but hopefully as of this recording, we'll be able to get it up this weekend. And But our Podomatic page... Uh, where you can download it, is www.tokyosos.podomatic.com. Uh, and so check that out, and hopefully you'll leave us comments on, on that. I do Hexcast, which really only has two episodes up, because I haven't got a chance to do singles, because my co-host is uh, indisposed until September. But uh, Hexcast, which I do with my friend Lori Thomas, is a... Uh, another review podcast where we're reviewing every issue of 
I, I mean it when I say I'm going to reach through this computer screen and choke you. <laughs> uh, I'll look forward to it because I can finally get to bed. <laughs> but uh, the Hexcatch, which is reading every issue of Jim Balance Tarot, Witch of the Black Rose comic book, uh, you can find that at www.hexcastpodcast.com. And, of course, uh, my final podcast uh, is the Capes and Feathers podcast, a Justice League animated series uh, review podcast where we review the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited podcast. It's actually run by oh, my friend. I love that show. Uh, it's, you, it's actually run by my friend Walter Bowman. We're actually recording episode two where we cover the Green Lantern Black in Blackest Night episode. Uh, oh, that was a good episode. We're recording it is tomorrow. That the one- is that the one where he's on trial? Yeah. Oh, that was a good episode. Yeah, we're so we're gonna be. I'm actually probably watching it like tomorrow, right before the show. But we're recording that tomorrow night. You can find that podcast at Walter Bowman's uh, podcast page, where he has all his podcasts at www.tschamp.podomatic.com. So check those all out. Please leave me comments. Uh, we always enjoy having more listeners. Like I said, I, like I, I am. Have- what was that? I feel like I need to plug my stuff again because we had a second podcast in there somewhere. Uh, fuck you. Fuck you, <laughs> fuck, you fuck you. Double fuck you. Alright, so until next time, this has been Anime Asylum. Good night, everyone. Night.